0: Welcome to the Bethel Free Baptist Church Weekly Sermons. This is the evening service of Sunday the 25th of September 2016, entitled, Living a Thankful Life, and the Bible reading is taken from 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 15. Here's Pastor Larry T. Curtis. 2 Corinthians chapter 9, and verse 15. The Bible says, thanks, hang on, turn me on here. You got me now, David? <laughs> okay. All right, right, Second Corinthians chapter 9, verse 15. Thanks be unto God for his unspeakable gift. Father, thank you this evening, Lord, as we take this time this evening, Lord. We do pray. We trust, Lord, that you would just take and allow us during this time to gain from your word what you would have for us. We love you, Lord. We thank you for this time that we can be together this evening. In Christ's name we pray. Amen and amen. I'm going to share just a few simple thoughts, and then I'm going to give you the opportunity this evening to share a word of thanks yourself with each other. That's an encouragement, one to the other. God deserves the praise. We said this morning, He's the one that deserves all the thanks, and there's nobody in the world that can think and have a heart of gratitude for what God has done like the believer. Them believers don't know what God's done for them. They don't understand and grasp. But as a believer, because of the Christ that lives in you, you're able by God's grace to be able to show the gratitude to God that brings glory to Him for all that He's done for you. And so we're going to give you that opportunity. And if you don't take it, then I'll come back and preach some more. I'll take the time myself. But I'm going to give you a few thoughts about living a thankful life. Thanks be unto God for His unspeakable gift. What is his unspeakable gift? Tell me. Salvation, yes. I think what I I had in mind is his unspeakable gift to us. It is salvation, but I had more in mind the person of Jesus Christ himself. Amen. And That's the only reason that we have salvation. That's why Jesus came to seek and to save that which was lost. That was his whole purpose in being here. So yes, salvation is his unspeakable gift. We were talking this morning that really the only way to truly give thanks to God is through the Christ that lives within us, the greatest gift of all. And as we considered some of those gifts, we said that the greatest gift that He gave us was when He gave us His Son. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. God wants you to have that everlasting life. He gave us life in the beginning. He created everything that was. We brought in sin. With that sin came death. God wants to take away that death from you. It's the sin that separates you from God. The sin is what has to be dealt with. Then you can get everything else sorted out, but the sin's got to be dealt with, and Jesus Christ is the only way. John Gill, the commentator, one of the great old commentators, said this concerning this, uh, uh, this passage here. He says, Jesus is the unspeakable gift of God who through his son, his own son, his only begotten son, the son of his love, his son and heir, yet he gave him to be a covenant to the people, the head of his church, the savior of sinners, and to be a sacrifice in their room. Instead, none can tell how great that gift is. You can't separate salvation an eternal life from God. God is love. And we've seen many times that God is life. He is the creator and the sustainer of it. Thanksgiving is not something and I repeat from this morning, it's not something that we should celebrate one time a year and think somehow that we've done our duty because we have celebrated Thanksgiving and we've given some kind of a Thanksgiving gift and we've done something to help, but it's something Rather than just being special occasions, and I thank God for the special occasions when they can get our focus back, but thanksgiving for the believer, and again, we stated this this morning, it should be a lifetime of praise and thanksgiving. We saw that passage this morning that in, in, in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 when he said, rejoice evermore. We've got more reason to rejoice than anybody. Pray Without ceasing, he said, then in verse 18, he said, in everything, giving thanks, everything, giving thanks to God. A Christian is the only one that can do that because he knows God's on the throne. He knows that God is in control. So what I want to just give you a few practical pointers this evening, if those things that we looked at this morning and this passage that we're being here, how can we give thanks to God If the gift is so great that it's unspeakable and if it's something that we're not focusing upon doing one time a year when we set aside a service of thanksgiving, how can we show that thanks to God every day of our life? Well, the first one I'm going to give you the opportunity to do in just a minute. I think that a thankful life can be lived through the sacrifice of praise. By the sacrifice of praise. Hebrews chapter 13 verse 15 says this. By him, therefore, let us offer the sacrifice of praise to God continually. That is the fruit of our lips giving thanks to his name. By him. That goes back to what we looked at this morning. We won't go back to all that. By Jesus Christ by the Christ that lives us within us, by the very grace of God, that our praises may just simply outflow to God so much that it brings all the glory. He's given us everything we saw this morning for our benefit, for us to enjoy. But when Christ is within us, that praise goes back. See, this verse is exhorting us to offer, though, he says, the sacrifice of praise to God by him. Let us offer the sacrifice of praise. Why is it called a sacrifice of praise, I wonder? Well, I think that there's a couple of things that we can mention there. I think, first of all, that sometimes, sometimes we don't feel like giving thanks. Sometimes we don't feel like praising. Now, you can, you can pretend to be the most spiritual Christian in all the world, but you have down days just like I do and everybody else does. There's some days but man, that praise just bubbles out of you. It just flows over. And you just want to praise God and give God the thanks. You can you can feel so close to him that an earthquake could erupt around you and you wouldn't even know it. But there's other days when you feel like God's totally forgotten about you maybe. You feel like that you're down in the dumps. You don't feel that nearness. You don't feel that close. You don't feel like praising God. I shared with you the illustration this morning from, from the concentration. Yes, man, man's depravity goes beyond the depths of even our imagination of what sin can can do even through our vile flesh when Christ is not in control. But the truth is is that whether we feel like praising, we're to praise God in everything. We're to give thanks. We're to praise Him continually, the verse here says to us. We find that sometimes it is a sacrifice from that standpoint because that even when we don't, what do you do with a sacrifice anywhere in the Bible? Bring it to the altar. You bring it to God. You see, you bring your praise to God. We're not doing it for man. Now, our testimony will affect other people, and, and I promise you, you know, just, just try it sometime. Just go up to everybody you see and just plant the biggest smile on your face and just look at them and smile. Now, they'll think you're weird, but they'll probably start smiling back. <laughs> it's contagious. We've got a lot to smile about. We've got a lot to rejoice about. God tells us to give that by Christ, through Christ, because of the the Christ that lives in us. The first way that we can continually praise Him is literally with our lips continually giving that thanks and praise. But I'll tell you another way that it's a sacrifice. When you start going around praising God and thanking God for this and thanking God for that, man, those people that hear you, they are going to think you are weird. They're going to think that you have just gone off the deep end. There's something wrong with you. This isn't normal. The truth is, as many times, (laughs) they'll want to get away from you. They won't want to be associated with you. But, you know, we need to offer a sacrifice of praise. Whether it's a sacrifice on our part because we don't feel like it, or whether it's a sacrifice because that when we continually thank God for everything, it's going to bring criticism. The Bible tells us very clearly that if we live godly, then we are going to face problems. We're going to face troubles. We're going to face persecutions. That's just the way it is. But it is a sacrifice. So I'm saying to you, first of all, yes, let your lips be a part of it. Let it let it come without. Even when you don't feel like it, be willing to praise and thank God in, in everything as He's as He's asked us to do. And even when it might be a sacrifice because The people around you look at you kind of funny, and they think maybe you've gone just a little bit too religious. They think that you're a little bit of a a, a nutter. just, Just take it. You know, praise God. That's the way that we can live that life of thanksgiving all around us every day. So a thankful life can be lived by the sacrifice of praise. But secondly, a thankful life can be lived by the sharing. Of our testimony. You say, well, preacher, isn't that the same? Well, sometimes it is. Sometimes your testimony is just something that comes from your lip. But I want to say to you that it's also the way you live. It's also, we'll see, sometimes it's the way that you handle situations. It's a way that you deal with the bad, not just the good. I'm saying that we can live continually a life of thankfulness, of praise, by sharing the sacrifice of praise with our lips and through the testimony of our lives. In 2 Samuel chapter 6, verse 16, the Bible says, And as the ark of the Lord came into the city of David, Michael, Saul's daughter, looked through a window and saw King David leaping and dancing before the Lord, and she, what's that next word in your Bible? She despised him in her heart. You see, on the one hand, man, David is excited because the ark of the Lord is coming to the city. The ark of the Lord is here. And he was just so beside himself that he was literally leaping and dancing in the streets. One of his wives looks out and sees him. She despised him in her heart because of what she saw. The testimony in that case was not the words, but she saw how much he enjoyed the Lord. Now, notice what happens down in verse 20, 2 Samuel 6, verse 20. Then David returned to bless his household. That's a good thing to do, isn't it? And Michael, this same one that despised him in her heart because of his testimony for the Lord, and Michael, the daughter of Saul, came out to meet David and said, How glorious was the king of Israel today who uncovered himself today in the eyes of the handmaids of his servants as one of the vain fellows shamelessly uncovereth himself. What does David say to that to Micah? David said unto Micah, Michael, it was before the Lord which chose me before thy father and before all his house to appoint me ruler over the people of the Lord of Israel. He says, hey, I wasn't doing what I was doing out there for me. It was for the Lord. He goes back because of God's grace. God chose me. He chose me to put me in this position as king over this nation. God did that for me. That's who I was doing that for. Therefore will I play before the Lord. And we know that he often played before the Lord. And he played his harp. And we have a whole book of Psalms that many of them are accredited to him. And I will yet be more vile than thus, and will be base in mine own sight. And of the maidservants which thou hast spoken of, Of them shall I be had in honor. Therefore, Michael, the daughter of Saul, had no child until the day of her death. In essence, if you'll just let me put it in down-to-earth common language, David said, look, I'm expressing my love for God. And I'm expressing it, and you know what? I'm not doing it for me, and I'm not doing it for the people. I'm doing it for him. And he said, you know what? It doesn't matter what you think about me. It doesn't matter what you think. I'm going to do this because God chose me and God's done this work in my life and therefore I'm going to praise Him and I'm going to live a life that testifies for Him even if they do all think that I'm not. He says, you ain't seen nothing yet. (laughs) You ain't seen nothing yet. This is not the end. I'm going to praise Him. I'm going to do it in whatever way that will bring glory to Him. David sacrifice, that sacrifice of thanksgiving to the Lord for sure because he loved God, because he wanted everybody to know it. And if you stop and realize what was it, what was it that brought that rejoicing evermore? What was it that brought that joy out? What was it that made him express himself in such a way that, man, it embarrassed his wife. (laughs) She didn't want to be recognized with him, but in such a way. I mean, you didn't have any doubt. You didn't have any doubt that he loved God. You didn't have any doubt whatsoever of his allegiance to the Lord. And I'm saying that, folks, we need to live a life before this world. We can live a thankful life every day of our lives. And we can do it by the sacrifice of praise to God. We can do it by the sharing of our testimony living a life that glorifies Him, that brings praise and honor to Him even when those closest to us, His own wife, despised Him because of what He was doing. But He was doing it for the Lord. Are we that way today? (laughs) And he was doing it because in his heart, remember what we said this morning, that gratitude came forth because of the Christ that lived within him. The world can't know that kind of gratitude. But as a believer, you should have that kind of gratitude. And it was because of his gratitude to God that it just naturally, the fruit of the Spirit, that it just naturally flowed from him that everybody could see a thankful life. It can be lived by the sacrifice it prayed. It can be lived by the sharing of your testimony. A thankful life can also be lived by singing praises when things are at the bottom, by singing praises when your adversities are piling in upon you. Psalm chapter 30, verse 11 and 12. The 30th Psalm, verse 11 says, Thou, talking to God, thou hast turned for me, my mourning into dancing. Thou has put off my sackcloth and girded me with gladness. To the end, there's a reason. Now look what he's saying. God, I mean, you've turned my mourning into dancing. You've taken my sadness. You've taken my, my lowest point, And you brought me joy and happiness and rejoicing in my life. Lord, you've put off my sackcloth and girded me with gladness. And of course, that was a sign when they sat there in sackcloth when they were down, they were at the bottom. And yet, Lord, (laughs) you've given me so much to be glad about to the end or for a reason. Why? To the end that my glory may sing praise to thee and not be silent. Lord, you've done all this for me so that I can praise you, so that I can sing praises unto you. He says, "O oh Lord, my God, I will give thanks unto thee forever. Proverbs 24.10 says, if thou faint in the day of adversity, thy strength is small. You see, too many people, even Christians today, use adversity to become bitter. They let the troubled times get them down and make them bitter and think, that, you know, man, you know, just, you know, how can a God do this to me and how can he let me go through this? Oh, what have I done? The Lord's against me. I don't deserve this. One can be thankful in the midst of adversity. And that can go on forever when Christ is truly rightfully in our hearts. David said in Psalm 30, verse 5, For his anger endureth but a moment, and his favor is life. Weeping may endure for a night, but joy cometh in the morning. Joy cometh in the morning. You know, we all have the down times, and David understood that. But he said, Lord, you're the one that takes those times and turn them into good times, those sad times and you turn them into happy time. Yes, sometimes even I'm angry and it endures for a moment and it affects my life. Weeping, I may get down, I may weep sometimes, but I know. I know joy comes in the morning. I may be having a rough night, but Lord I know you're there. Romans 15 4, for whatsoever things were written aforetime, were written for hours learning. Whatsoever things were written in Psalm 30, verses 11 and 12 by David, they were written for our learning. He said that we, through patience and comfort of the Scripture, might have hope. This evening, there's nothing that will bring hope to you like like God can and like God's Word will and like when Christ is in control of your lives. It gives you hope that this world can never give to you. said this morning, When people look around and they must recognize that even the temple life that they live is given to them by God, but God wants so much more for them. Without Christ, I've preached a number of funerals and a number of them are right here in this church. One of the things that I try to impress upon people's heart is as long as there's Jesus, there's hope. When there is no Christ... There is no hope. You know, that's why that it's so vital that we share in our lives, that we continually let people see, see Christ in our lives, that we're continually praising him. This life is short, and the only thing that will give them true hope is the Lord Jesus Christ. The only thing that will give you true hope. You see, everybody goes through the valleys, but only those that have Christ know that it's temporary. They know that all things do work together for good. They do know that God is allowing this for a reason. I may not see it, I may not understand it, but my faith, my confidence is in Him and I know that it'll be okay with Him. You can live a thankful life by the sacrifice of a praise. The sacrifice of praise that comes from your lips by the sharing of your testimony, not only of what you say, but in how you live and what you do that people can see even if they're embarrassed by it, they can see you love God. He's got the right place. You can do it by singing praises, even, even in the worst times. I re- It reminded me there when I, when I read that passage, I couldn't help but think of Paul and Silas, and we, we looked at that passage not too long ago. <laughs> and there, I mean, the old jailer was getting ready to commit suicide, to kill himself because the earthquake had come, and the bars had opened up, and he just knew. All those prisoners that were in his charge were gone. Then he heard them there in that old jail cell singing praises. <laughs> singing praises. How many of us would sing praises if we were locked away in prison so unfairly? I mean, they were locked away because they were trying to share Christ with people, yet they were singing those praises. You see, that's one of the natural ways. That joy, because you know, you know why so many people sing better in the shower than anywhere else, <laughs> because it's the only place they forget everything else. I mean, they just they just get in that shower and they they feel that nice, relaxing water running over them, and, and man, you can just hear them start singing out. Sometimes all their inhibitions are gone. See, the truth is, is that that's what should come from a Christian's heart all the time. I'm saying we need to live thankful lives, not just be thankful on Thanksgiving. And we do that. We do that with the sacrifice of praise from our lips. We do that with sharing our testimony. We do that with singing of the praises, even in the downtimes, even in the adversities. I want to give you one more. A thankful life can be lived, and it's a tough one sometimes, but by suffering wrongly. You're just being treated so unfair. I mean, it's one thing when, you know, 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 19 to 21 says this. He says, for this is thankworthy. This is worth thanks. This is worth praising. This is thankworthy. If a man of conscience toward God endure grief, doing what? Suffering wrongly. He's been mistreated unfairly. He's suffering wrongly, but he says, hey, this is worthy of thanks. This is worthy of Praise when a godly believer, one that has a conscience towards God, when he endures that grief. In other words, how do people see you handle the worst of it, the worst situation? The bad, how do they see you react? They're watching you. The world is watching you. He says, for what glory is it? If when you be buffeted for your faults, you shall take it patiently. In other words, hey, if you do something wrong, and you bring it upon yourself, then that's one thing. But he says, but if when you do well, when you do what's right, when you're doing the best you can, when you're trying to live a godly life, when you're trying to put God first, when you do well and suffer for it, you take it patiently. He says, this is, Is acceptable with God. Man, he says this is worth thanksgiving. This is worth praising that when we are being mistreated wrongfully when we're being treated unfairly when we just patiently endure it when we rather than trying to get even and get back and get somehow something worse to them than what they've done to us he says, when we, when we take it patiently, that's acceptable to God. There's so many things in Scripture. I mean, he talks about, yes, sometimes people make a lot of fun of turning the other cheek and all this, but they're taking it. Do you understand the greatest example in all the world that we have of that is when Jesus Christ was nailed to that cross? There is nobody that deserved it less. There is nobody, the only human flesh that ever walked this earth that committed no sin. And yet he was hung there in the most shameful death he could face of his day before the world, being accused wrongly and it costing him his life. He patiently, willingly accepted it. And finally, those words from his lips said, It is finished. It is finished. I've done what I needed to do. The Bible's saying we we, this is this is thankworthy. This is worth praising. Yes, you're going to be mistreated sometimes. People are gonna give to you what you don't deserve. Sometimes there's no way that you deserve to go through what you're going through. I mean. I thought of old Job. You know, there's probably no book in the Bible that gives us more hope in the middle of adversity than than Job. I mean, he was the most godly man alive on the earth. Think about that. Everybody that lived. Yet this man was the godliest. Ha, ha, yeah, Lord, but that's because everything's so good with him. I mean, he's one of the wealthiest men alive. He's got this great family. He's got all these things. Yeah. Let me go messing with what he's got, and you'll see just how godly he is. He lost everything. Everything. He lost everything materially. He lost his home. He lost his family. He was one of those that sat down in the sackcloth and ashes that we read about there a while ago. He even cursed the day that he was born. Man, why did I have to be born to reach this All his friends were advising him, you know, man, you messed up bad somewhere. Why have you got God on your case like this? Why? But yet, did he deserve what the devil was doing to him? No, it wasn't because he'd done anything wrong. The thing was, in the end, God repaid him with more than he ever had in the beginning, many times over, and the truth is, his life before God, his faithfulness to God, In the midst of the worst adversity, there was nothing left. His flesh was eaten up with cankers. His family was gone. His health was gone. His wealth was gone. And yet he stayed faithful before God. How can you live a thankful life? The Bible says it's a very thankworthy thing. When that we... Can patiently accept it. When we can patiently take that which is being done to us so unfairly. In other words, when we can be Christ like. (laughs) When we just, no matter what this old world has tried to do to us, a thankful life, a thankful life can be lived in such a way to others. So this evening, I'm encouraging you. I know these are just simple thoughts. But I believe that that's exactly what the Bible means when he says, Thanks be unto God for his unspeakable gift, (laughs) for everything that he's done. And all the things that we've looked at today, you can thank him, you can praise him continually, not just one day of the year, but by living a life of thankfulness. There's other things. These are just a few little nuggets that I dug out of God's Word that, the Bible says these are ways you can show your thankfulness to God. These are the ways that you do it day by day by day, not just one, year, one day out of the year. That's what I want to encourage you this evening. Father, I thank you that you challenged this preacher even in trying to prepare these simple thoughts, that, Lord, sometimes I don't live as thankful a life as I ought to Lord, these are things with the words that I speak from my mouth, with the testimony that I live, with my life before this world, even when they're belittling me and making fun of me. Lord, I know that sometimes that's difficult and that's very, very challenging. But, Lord, I thank you that, Lord, you can help us. We can sing praises, (laughs) At the worst of the times, we can still show that joy when we're down at the bottom, when we're in the worst possible circumstances. Lord, you show us here that even when we're suffering wrongly, when we're being mistreated, Lord, the way that we accept it, that's acceptable to you, and that's worthy of thanks and praise because it speaks so loudly to the world around us. Lord, when we really look at it, it really comes down to knowing First of all and foremost, that we have Christ in our hearts and in our lives. and When he is there, Lord, that he shines through in our life and everything that we do and everything that we are. Thank you, Lord. Help us day by day to live thankful lives so that the world around us can see how much that we appreciate and love you. Lord, it's in Christ's name we pray. Amen.